and welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, a podcast about living the life you want. Today, I have a friend of mine. She's part of the Uncomfortables, and we'll come back to that later. But her name is Ala Powers. Hi, Ala. Hi, so nice to be here. Thank you for accepting. So Ala is a super coach. Her too. She, uh, her and I basically met during Supercoach Academy. And uh, we both were part of also a course that we just created that just finished and the recordings are available for those of you interested. It's called Find Comfort in the Uncomfortable. Um, Allah, tell us a little bit, uh, besides being a life coach, what do you do? I do a lot of things and they are all unrelated. Yeah, it's amazing how it happens. So by training, I'm a programmer and I still work as a programmer. And I'm also a Reiki master teacher, a hypnotist. Um, besides, I love dogs. <laughs> it's not really a profession, but it's a huge, huge part of my life. And I just yeah. love butchers. Yes, she's, uh, she's leaning on my arm now. She's like, okay, the recording has started. We have to stay tranquille. <laughs> so I love this, this podcast that I've created is a podcast where I, I'm hoping I will inspire people to live the life that they want and not the life that they think they want or the life that they think they should be living, or, you know, that kind of thing. So I was wondering, um, if you, if you had a point of view about that, have you ever thought about, are you living the life you want? Have you, you know, have you ever noticed that you were living the life you thought you should live because society told you to or I don't think I live the life I want okay and uh, I noticed that it gets better and better no matter what I do <laughs> things kind of fall into place and I realize oh yeah 10 years ago I wanted to live in this place how did it happen how do I live here 20 years ago, I wanted to move to the United States and I did and it just, it just happened. Yes, I did do some movement. Um, I didn't just sit like a rock, but the biggest things that happened that contribute to me living the life I want, moving towards that, seem to be happening on my own. I just need to notice it mm. yeah, so you I, did sorry yeah. you did so like in the beginning so I thought I heard you say I do not live the life I want but you actually do live the life you want I, I guess it's partial <laughs> <laughs> because actually now I think about it we never stop wanting there's always something we want, whether mm. it's more of something or less of something or something completely different. We don't 
stage cells. So by this measure, we're, we're still working on creating the life you want. Our desires change, parameters change, things change. Um, so it does get better, but I, I don't think we will ever live the life you want exactly the yeah. way we want. We'll, it, what's funny, like what I've noticed is that sometimes what I want isn't really good. <laughs> you know, it isn't, although I may want it, um, it may not really be like, I may want to live on Mars and <laughs> it may not be feasible at the time. You know what I mean? I do. And oftentimes I know it's things that seem to be not feasible at the time, all of a sudden become mainstream just a few short years later. Yeah. Yeah, there's this thing, right, that we we want to, um, like when we want it, we want it now. Of course. I have a fly in my house. Those of you listening to the audio, you don't know, you can't see, but there's this fly that's bugging me. <laughs> so I'm going to try to not pay attention to it, but it's coming literally near my mouth. So... <laughs> This is not a good thing. And it woke the dog up. <laughs> so sorry for the interruption, Allah, but like I had to get that out of my space. Um, so tell me, what do you make of, you know, like you wanted to come and live in the United States, and now all of a sudden you're in the, well, not all of a sudden, but now you're in the United States. Like, what what do you make of that? Like, what do you see inside this process that you've gone through? Is there anything that you can pinpoint? Not really. Um the events that happened that led to it were completely out of my control. All of a sudden, perestroika uh, happened and the borders opened. And uh, all of a sudden we were allowed to leave the country and America allowed people to come in. And then you meet someone you fall in love with and you get married and then this and that happens. You really, all you need to do is just to show up. Mm. How can you possibly plan for, um, you know, the fall of USSR? You can. But when it happens, you're at the, at the ready. <laughs> so I like that then show up like like just show up like sometimes like I could see how sometimes I think I want something you know like I I'm like I'm so determined to want this specific thing and 
And so when life happens and that thing is not there, then I get upset at it's not there. And I get, you know, I get sucked into the it's not there. And therefore, I'm actually not there either. Like I haven't showed up in that moment because I, while I'm in my head thinking about how it sucks that I don't have that thing that I think I should have or I, sh or that thing that I want. Well, while I'm in that, my head and making up all of this crap, <laughs> I'm, I'm not in the moment and I'm not seeing what actually is there that could be even better than what I actually want. So true. So true. And did it ever happen to you that, oh, actually you mentioned that already. You get what you asked for and you realize you didn't want it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It happened to me many, many times. I mean, if I look at the process of my life, <laughs> if I just look at the process of my life, you know, there are things that I, I really, really wanted. And then I got, and I was like, yeah, that's it. You know, it's kind of like, is that it? And then there are t other times or there that I didn't want something like I didn't want something to happen. I don't want this to happen. And then it happened. And it was the best thing that ever happened. And that's just like, it just goes to show you that what you think <laughs> is not necessarily right. You know, it's like, well, yes. And uh, what came to me just now is the value of coaching. When you set a goal or you follow a desire, what you want, and there's another person who sees um, what's behind this desire and kind of points you to that and you explore it and you realize that you didn't really want a car, you wanted uh, recognition of other people, admiration of someone else, how successful you are. You, you equated a car to success. So when you realize the reasons behind your desires, you may or may not decide to actually pursue this desire. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said with, you know, having a desire with an unknown reason like you know you there's an unknown reason behind that desire or you you don't even know that it's unknown so i can't even call it unknown <laughs> but there's you think it's a, a specific thing but it's something else and then once you see it you can choose freely mm -hmm. right like before that, it wasn't a free choice. It was, you know, I want that, you know. But once you know, now all of a sudden you can actually choose freely and say, do I, do I want the car because I want other people to think I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to have 
what's the word? I can't find the word that you were using, but you know, people are going to look at me in a specific way. Or do I want the car because I want the car? You know, like you can, you can choose freely at that point. And you know, because that's a trap. That's a total trap. <laughs> you know? I mean, when you you think, okay, I'm gonna get a car. Now, obviously, people we're not thinking there. We're I know that we're not consciously thinking, okay, I'm gonna get the car because people are gonna think I'm gonna be so I'm gonna be the man or the woman because I got this car, right? Um it's not that we we actually do this intentionally, but it it does drive. It it's a hidden, it's a given, it's a it's in the background running the show, and we don't even know it's running the show, right? And then when we get the car and people start complaining about the car, then we get really, <laughs> really upset. What do you mean? You're supposed to think that I'm the woman. You're not supposed to complain. So that's really a trap. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really cool that you notice that um, you have no options when you just want something and go for it. When you see the whole picture, why you want it, and what, what surrounds this want, and what is it contributing to you and to your family or or humanity, whatever it is that you want? Yeah, then the whole world is your oyster, right? And there's so many options to um, to move forward or a zigzag, whatever, whatever. Whatever makes it fun. Yeah. And you can tell actually what drives you by the way it feels. Mm. If you feel constricted and too serious and righteous, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a signal to, to stop. Yeah, that's a flag. That's a, that's a, like, I get what you're saying, because I know that we've learned this in our coaching, <laughs> that our feelings are there to just let us know that our thinking is like screwed up a little bit in that moment. But and, and, and it's hard for me, because what's, what's, I have in me, like my habit is, if I have a feeling this is actually a precursor. It's like a, like, I feel like I'm, I'm this psychic person. And the feeling is actually psychically telling me something is going to happen now, you know, like I have this thing. And then I'm like, and, and I, it took me a while to detach from it. I thought I was, I was, um, I could feel things, you know, like I, I thought I was a, an empath or whatever it was. And now I'm like, oh no, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm thinking insecure thoughts or I'm having, you know, catastrophic failure in my mind. 
<laughs> you know, like I'm just making up this sh shit in my mind <laughs> and it's causing my body to freak out. That's what's going on. You know, it's, it's hard to get detached from it's not the truth. Because it's so loud. Yeah. You get a knot in your stomach, you, you get pounding in the chest, all of a sudden, that's got to mean something. And I talk to many parents, and they say, yeah, we all have that, that feeling. When we get it, you start panicking, because that's an indication that there's something wrong with your child, or with your spouse, or with your parent. And you start calling everyone up, checking, checking up on them, and everybody thinks that you're just crazy because there's absolutely nothing that was going wrong with them. But you know, there was a sign from God that I was because I started uh, feeling really crappy all of a sudden. Well, now we know <laughs> that it's an unrecognized thought that you didn't even notice, but your body did. Yeah. <laughs> we've got two dogs barking right now so you know there's somebody in the window and so therefore <laughs> she's like no you're not gonna get me <laughs> Oof, and we're back there you go what's yeah, his name norbert Norbert. Hey, Norbert. <laughs> He's named after a baby dragon from Harry Potter series. Yes, I know Harry Potter. He's very cute. Very yes. cute. And the biggest trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, we were saying before we were so rudely interrupted by the uh, feelings of Norbert. <laughs> um, we were saying about how you know, the feelings that we get in our bodies don't really mean anything. Well, actually, all that they mean, really, is that we're having thinking that is going to, that is making us freak out. That's what it means. I think that's a very accurate <laughs> description of what the feelings are and, uh, and their purpose. That's really the only purpose that they have. I used to think, and I remember when I, I you know, when I first um, started this inquiry in the three principles of mind, thought, consciousness, I had a coach. And um, I remember I would talk to her and I would like I was really super worried. And like, I, but I, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if this happened? And she asked me this question. And I remember it very specifically because like I learned two things in that interaction with her. The, her question was, but do, do you think you need to worry? And my first, my immediate response to that was, of course not not. Of course, I don't need to worry, right? And then her immediate reaction to that was, 
Um, are you just telling me the answer you think I want to hear? And I was just like, oh, how dare she? <laughs> and I was like, oh, but she is totally right. Like, I, I'm a bright person. If she's asking me the question, the answer has to be no, right? But really, in fact, I did believe that I had to worry. And if I didn't worry, something bad was going to happen. Like, when I worried, I was in a, I was putting myself in a safety position where I was actually thinking of all the different possibilities that could happen. And then I was fixing them all up. If this problem happens, I'm going to, how could I fix this one? Oh, I'm going to do this fantastic, this one done. If I have this problem, I'm going to be able to fix it like this. Okay, done. And like I would go through the series and I thought, you know, if I worried enough, I would be safe enough that if any of the things that I made up in my mind ever actually happened, I would be able to handle them. I wonder if there were ever cases when a worried person would have achieved all the possibilities. Yeah. Uh, or preemptive strikes and actually got to the place of uh, happiness. After yeah. having been worried for many, many years, whatever it takes. It seems to me that the more people worry, the more worried they get. Yeah. Our minds are amazing. They can concoct <laughs> so many various scenarios. Yeah. There's, there's no end to it. You cover yeah, the dozen. Why. Yeah, and there's another dozen on the way that might happen. That's why we can worry for years and years and years and years. It's like we have to see it for what it is. Like, and things that did happen, you know, that I'd never worried about that actually happened in my life, I was actually able to handle them in that moment. And I had never thought about it before, you know. Like, okay, I was driving at one point and, and uh, I had a stick shift and my clutch broke. You know, I could have worried about that. What happens if my clutch breaks? But I never thought about worrying about what happens if my clutch breaks. Well, my clutch broke. I don't know if you know, but it, when your clutch breaks, you can't stick shift anymore. Like you can't change gears. Well, I found a way to change the gears. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the car was screaming its brains out because I was still like, you know, stick it in, in gear and just brought myself to the, on the side of the road and, you know, parked the car and then called dad. I was able to figure that out. But if I would have sat there and thought about what happens, if I wouldn't have even known that when the clutch breaks, you can't do anything after that. 
you know there's another thing that happened my my wheel my in in english in french we say cardin i'm going to try and google what cardin is okay something on the wheel cardin in english okay driving shaft no whatever do you know what a gimbal is, gimbal is? <laughs> anyways something on the wheel <laughs> it's something on the wheel that if that breaks you can't move your you can't move your wheels anymore i had one of those break too oh my god and i was able i was still able to figure it out but if i would have thought about it if i would have like made it up i would have never been able to solve it period you know so sometimes it's like you don't you just wait and trust that you're going to be able to handle it it might not be the way your dad because my dad wasn't happy with me breaking a stick shift uh you know it might not be the way somebody else would have done it but it's going to be the way that you're going to do it and you're going to handle it to all the worried people out there <laughs> i know some of my friends who would have <laughs> who would have said why did you tell me the story now i'm going to be worried about <laughs> gimbals and sticks <laughs> oh. well you could do that too people just don't <laughs> and please don't please don't <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a fact that we choose to dismiss that whenever something bad happens, we always found a way to overcome it, fix it, get out of it, find a solution, ask for help. We're still here. For all our tribulations, we made it. We're in a pandemic and we're still here. Yeah, live and kicking. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool to just live in the moment and just deal with what's in the moment. I was listening this weekend, um, Ally and I are doing a, a course called Coaching Mastery. And in this class, the lady, there was a lady, we had a master class with Mavis Karn, which is a gorgeous, beautiful lady. She's 80 years old. She's been teaching um, the, this understanding for 30 years. And um, she was like, looking at the screen. It's so funny, because my mother would be somewhere in that age range of And I can't even picture my mom looking at the screen and actually talking. So I was really impressed with her. So she's looking at the screen and she's got, you know, all of these faces in front of her. And she, and she said, you know what? I see some people have sun in their screen and I see some people are at night, you know, because we're like, it's an international conversation. And she was like, maybe we're at different time in our time zones, but each and every one of us has now, like 
now is now for everybody. And I had never thought about it. <laughs> Something stupid, but I was like, yeah, so now for you is now for me. And there's only now. We can only live now. And that's kind of cool, actually, to live in the now. And it seems so hard to stay in the now. Every yeah. now and then we will drop into it and enjoy it and then fall out and then go, do. Oh, why did I do that? I want to mm. go back. Where is it? <laughs> got to gotta find it fast. Um, Stressed out, where's the now? And That's really what we all, do. Yeah, really all you need to do is to quiet your mind. Yeah, because the mind is what takes us out of it. And it could be fun sometimes. Yeah. But it's scary. Yeah. I think most of us use this to scare ourselves to death. You know, when we were kids, we used it to, you know, to go to the moon or to be Superman or, you know, to be a magician, which were the fun things, right? Like, I want to have some powder, you know, I want a powder that I can go oh I'm going somewhere I would love that like I loved magic but most of the time you know I'm gonna create something that's gonna be really really bad that's gonna you know make me wind up in the street somewhere <laughs> it happens all the time maybe less often now that you catch yourself soon enough but it seems to be coming from nowhere and take control over you. And it seems that you are out of control and in the mercy of, of the thoughts. And you think that they are your thoughts, but they're flowing through your consciousness. And that means that you are a worried person, a scared person, a bad person, whatever you the thought tells you. But when you realize that that stream of thoughts is not yours, doesn't mean anything about you, doesn't tell much about you, then it's kind of liberating to dismiss them. If you don't like them, you have permission <laughs> to dismiss those thoughts and not identify with them. So this weekend, um, Michael, or I should say last weekend, because we are the weekend. But anyways, when we were in the master class, um, not the master class, the, um, the weekend class, Michael was talking about things that are natural and things that are normal. So in this situation, you know, the normal thing to do is worry. 
because we've been talking about Ori for some reason. So let's talk about that. So, you know, the, the normal thing is, is worry. And the natural thing is wisdom. The natural thing, one of the things that really got to me in this class was that space is natural. So space is always there. It's there for everybody. And each and every one of us, we see different things in the space. Like what I see in your space, you probably don't even see it anymore because it's there and you just put there, put it there. You know, like I put this there, you forget. And I'm looking, I'm like, what is this? And you're like, what, what, you know, because we just see what we want to see. That's what my mom used to say. Anyways, we see what we see really. And what I saw was that I see the worried thinking. I, like it's a thought that shows up in my consciousness, which is my space. Like my consciousness is my space. And then I, and then I innocently think that because I can see the worried thought that I am the worried thought, but I'm just having a worried thought. And because that one is important to me. Like I give it so much value. I'm like, okay, well, when I get a, a worried thought, I have to look at that one and I have to do something with that one. Instead of just saying, just like, oh, there's a paper in my space, you know, like I'm not going to worry about this paper, you know, I could just go, oh, I'm having a worried thought and, and stay detached from it. Had you, did you hear anything in that this weekend for yourself or before? I, I remember a conversation about it and um, I don't have anything new to contribute to it, except that by then I already realized that the the louder thoughts are, the more inclined we are to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that, that's not, <laughs> that's not the, the, the purpose of, of these loud thoughts. They're loud just because they're loud. No matter how loud they are, they, they might, <laughs> they still can show up and disappear in a second. But we think that that means something, that they require our attention and that they are more true than other thoughts. And if we have on average 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, they're bound to be overlapping thoughts. Yeah. But we decide to pay attention to the loudest. Remember the story about Joey? It, um, he's the guy who's serving uh, life sentence. 
because when he was 15 years old, he shot and killed his principal, principal of the school. And I think Diane Sawyer was interviewing Joey. And he said that that day when he was walking through the school with a gun in his pocket, he was so mad. He just really needed to get a revenge. And at the same time, when those revengeful thoughts were going through his head, there was a quiet, teeny tiny thought. Joey, don't do it. Joey, you don't have to do it. Joey's not going to end well. But he listened to the loudest thought, sat and killed the principal. And because he was almost 16, he was tried as an adult. And that's why he got life in prison. And Joey said, was saying that every night now before I go to bed, I only have two thoughts in my head. Where did this tiny voice come from? And why didn't I listen? Maybe whenever you have some really intrusive, loud thoughts, you can take it as an indication to stop and take a second look and listen to the quiet voice. Instead of paying attention to the loud one. Yeah, because the quiet voice will always have your back. Yeah, and, it, and you can tell by the way it feels. Yeah. Yeah, when you feel like shit, that's not the right way to go. I remember when I was um, when I was younger, you know, I was um, A little bit more vocal, like you know, yeah, the loud voices in my head were coming out of my mouth. <laughs> um, and I remember feeling really, really bad afterwards. You know, I can't believe I said this, I can't believe I said that, you know. And, and then I would repeat it again. I would like, it would happen again. And I'd be like, oh man, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. Well, that's because ladies and gentlemen, thinking disappears if you do nothing with it. And then you actually find your true self. And your true self, believe it or not, is love. Not love like you're in love, in a romantic love, but love is this space where there's no right or wrong. There's no judgment. There's no, it's just love. 
everything is okay the way it is and the way it is not. And that's a beautiful place to live in. See, feels good, <laughs> doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I just kind of tuned, tuned into it and, uh, and enjoyed that loving, unconditional, unconditionally loving space. Allah, thank you so much for accepting my invitation. I think this is a perfect spot to stop, actually. <laughs> I, I want to give you the opportunity. I don't know if you're ready for it yet, but if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, now I, well, I have a Facebook okay. page. Allah Power is easy to find. And my email is alapow, A-L-L-A-P-O-W, at gmail.com. And uh, I do have um, a web page, a website, but it's under construction. So. Okay. Alain and I have already had another conversation. So if you want to go to my YouTube channel, it's youtube.coachjasmine.com. Alain and I had a Let's Chat About episode a little earlier this year. And if you guys would be interested in hearing us talk about getting comfort, comfortable in the uncomfortable, or finding comfort in the uncomfortable, you can go visit my website and you can buy yourself a copy of the replays. So and if you want coaching, you can reach out to either of us. Um, so thank you again. Allah have a fantastic rest of the day. And uh, I'll see you soon. Thank you, Jasmine. It was a pleasure.